Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 11 of ABC on Pittsburgh Sports. We have Michael Andonisio. Tom Bradley is back this week. He's off the I.L. He's, yeah, he's off the I.L. He he's hand, back with us. He cramp last week like <laughs> Brian Hayes. He, he couldn't, couldn't do the podcast. <laughs> and me, Mark Clemente. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. This week, we're going to start off with a little bucko baseball. Season kicked off last week. We're going full speed now. Uh, some good, some bad, everything in between. Uh, we've seen this first week. Uh, and then also the minor leagues. A lot of great stories in the minor leagues. We're going to touch on all that. We're going to – Michael, why don't you get us going? What have, what have you liked so far? Uh, well, after the first two games, I mean, I was like <laughs> – I, I thought maybe they'd go uh, 0 and 162. But um, – they played well the last three games. Even mm-hmm. yesterday, they had opportunities. I think they were over. Yesterday seven. was Tuesday, first yeah, game against first, Cubs, home, home opener. opener. Yeah, beautiful day. Two one loss. Uh, they, I think they left seven seven yep. runners on base in scoring position. So they didn't get big hits yesterday. The things I've liked so far, um, obviously, Cabrian Hayes today he was four for four. Um, he's the best defensive third, or third baseman I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. some good ones. I know Arenado's really good. I, I think they, I don't even think he gets the credit he deserves because he makes everything look super easy. Balls hit over there. He's a vacuum. That, obviously, that's one thing. And then obviously the contract mm-hmm. extension showing a little bit of faith in you know where they're, they're going to try to build something. Right. Hopefully Reynolds Hopefully. is the ball. That's the key. But the two things I've liked so far, obviously Will Crow out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. He pitched three scoreless today. Picked up his first career save. He's pitched seven innings. Um, he's throwing strikes. Um, he's given up one hit in seven innings, no runs. Um, he's looking really good out of the pen. I don't know if they're going to move mm-hmm. him back into the rotation. Um, I guess you don't fix something that isn't broken. Right. Leave it as is right now, especially with the, ex- the expanded bullpens now mm-hmm. for the first month of the season. And I know he gets a lot of flack, but uh, i seen Kevin Newman do something today that I've never seen him do before. He drove a ball off the Clemente wall. Old Kevin Newman, that would have been a pop-up to left or right, right. field. Mm-hmm. So he looks like he's – He's hitting with a little more authority. I think the competition, it, it brings out the best in everybody, and I think we're seeing it with Kevin Newman so far this year. He's, we got a bunch of guys on his heels, of course, starting with O'Neill Cruz, who we're going to talk about here in a minute. But you know, maybe the competition has really pushed him, and he realizes he, this is his last chance. You have to think that. No more chances. You have Peguero playing well in double-A. You have O'Neill Cruz playing great in triple-A. Um, you have Diego Castillo, who's crushing the ball, who needs a position. And needs to be in the lineup every day. So maybe this is it for Kevin Newman. I don't know. Maybe we're seeing what he can be. Let's see if he can do it consistently. That's going to be the key. Yeah. I'm, so far, I'm I'm trying. Um, I hate that owner so bad that it it really jades my opinion on a lot of these things that, yeah. when it comes to the Pirates. I mean, we've talked about this before. We all grew up on baseball. You know, you know, Mark and I we mm-hmm. met through baseball, yeah. um, playing on Central's baseball team, and you know, I, I just. The organization as a whole is frustrating. Watching that charade of a press conference yesterday with Kevin Hayes and everybody acting like you know they recreated the wheel yesterday. I mean, nothing. I just, God, I just can't stand that. We're guy. putting a stake in the ground, though. He said. Yeah, we're, we're putting, putting a stake, stake in, in the, the ground. ground. My guess is I'd look on eBay. That's that that stake will probably be on sale in two weeks. But I mean, when it comes to this organization, you know, I try to focus on the on-field product right. and that because that's all you can really right. do. Um, so far, I've gotten mixed reactions. I'm, I don't. I'll be very curious to see what kind of manager Derek Shelton is. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, he's gotten a free pass up to this point. Well, yeah, and also, Deloitte, rightfully, deservedly right, right. so. Yeah. I mean, given a pile of garbage, and yeah. I mean that's what you're going to produce. Part of my frustration already with this season is the lineups. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't know what a Josh Van Meter is or whatever that that Jabroni's name is. I know he should have bought a ticket to get in the park today. He should have been batting seventh in a major league lineup. Um, the guy, the 280-pound leadoff guy no. that, I, I, that hit a buck 80 last year. I don't want to see these guys. You know, this is That's the year. The this is the year where we're supposed to be turning the corner a little bit, and we're starting to see some youth. When I turn on the game, and I, I turn on the game the first two games, I looked at the lineup and I turned it off. Sunday, when I turned on the lineup, and I saw Michael right. Chavis was mm-hmm. batting third. Then I saw Diego Castillo was in the lineup, uh, Kevin Hay or yeah, Cabrian. Cabrian Hayes and Reynolds. When I see youth in the lineup, I'm in. I'll watch it because at least there's some potential there. Today, when I turn on the on the lineup today, and I see you know Josh Van Meter, who sounds like a 
the the bad quarterback at the bad high school in a 1980s Texas football team movie. Uh, I don't. I, I just got no interest in watching that stuff. And you know, Diego Castillo has impressed me right. so far. I think he's played. I think he started one or uh, two of the five games. They're, they're so only far. starting him against lefties, right. and I have a problem with that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah, Let him Tom's play. Right. No, Tom's right with that. Let him play. Uh, yesterday in the game, uh, Michael Chavis was the number three hitter, mm-hmm. rightfully so. He faced a left-hander twice in the fifth inning. I think it was. They brought in a right-hander and they took him yeah. out for Vogelbach. I, I got no interest in doing that this year whatsoever you know this team if they wanted to do something with the Vogel box and Van Meters of the world and, and even Quintana who pitched a good game to start with then they should have spent a little bit of money and got a real one-year free right. agent and then flipped them at the deadline these these guys that you never heard Sir, of no, that they're no signing purpose. for a hundred bucks yep. because they have nowhere else to play I got no interest in watching these guys so if the young guys get a get a legitimate chance and that's where my frustration, and I don't know if it's Shelton. My guess is it's not Shelton that's right in the lineup. It's Charrington that's probably right in the lineups with him. Um, I don't know how much Shelton has to say in these lineups. But if this team continues to play young guys and I get to see some of that stuff and some of the, you know, eventually when the minor kids come up, I'm interested in. But I, I have no interest in watching these retreads. Well, we got we also got a couple of young pitchers yep. on the staff right now, and Contreras they brought mm-hmm. up obviously. Um, he pitched uh, I think Saturday, didn't pitch real well, but he only pitched mm-hmm. an inning and two thirds. But I mean, that's a guy you want to see, uh, Miguel Ma- Uri. Uri. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year when he came up, he had a forearm strain. I, I seen him throwing. They were saying with the Yankees he was throwing mm-hmm. 95, 96, and I'm looking 88 to 91. I'm thinking, well, my son threw that in college. <laughs> So what, what's going on here? He came out the other day and he was throwing the ball 95 miles an hour. I'm, I'm with Tom. I, I want to see the young guys. When I see that lineup with Van Meter in it and Vogelbach, I mean, I know we can't do anything about the catching right now with Andrew Knapp. And right. uh, Perez has been okay so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a good defensive catcher. I think he'll he'll be a a, a serviceable uh, he'll be fine. starter. He's yeah, Jacob I, Stallings I, all over again. And Perez maybe. is a legitimate major league. Right. Yeah, I mean, two-time gold glove. Glove. He yeah, won yeah. two gold gloves. He's hit 25 home runs in yeah. a season. I got no problem. And he's been hurt. A yeah, they got they, they have catchers coming. I got no problem with him you're, being in there. You're talking about but the position, these, players. but these yeah. guys. Yeah. I mean, some of these guys are just you know. And again, you know, Hoy Park in right field today. Right. I don't even. I think they had to show him where right field was. Right. His kid was a it was a middle infielder his whole career. Mm-hmm. He comes here, and I told you, we've said this before. Right the pirate punch card. You got to get all. You got to play all eight, and you get a stuffed animal well, at the end of the year. I mean, I, I don't understand the, this stuff. The good news, Tom, is that. <laughs> Josh Van Meter will be released in about a week. The bad news is the guy replacing him will be Greg Allen. Allen right. So that's well, gonna, that's it, the it, trade. It, and Allen's a good service. So, right. Well, how well, many fourth outfielders can you have? You've right. got three starters and you've got four, four, four yeah. fourth outfielders. No, it won't. They put him on a 60-day DL. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, he's out till, he's out for he's out till June. He's, but here, let me throw – okay, so if you look at AAA. Well, hold on. Let, the, me, yeah, let me finish ahead. Michael's point yeah. for a minute. Again, my frustration is – this quality depth, the a starting rotation that we have. Well, we're forced to have two young guys up here, and the two young guys are pitching out of the freaking bullpen. You're right. And I gotta watch these. You know, a lot of these guys that that, that you know, I have no interest in watching starting. Yeah, yeah I'm well, done with if, JT Brubaker. If you've got right, if dude. you've got two young potential stalwarts up here, and the other thing is, you're stalling them for the rest of the year. They're not right. getting. They're not getting stretched no, out. They're no, pitching right. one or two innings. So what's going to happen? I want to send about them that. down to the minors, yep. and then they're going to have to. They're going to have to stretch them out, yep. and they won't be ready to be starters again until June or July. And you know, right. and on and on it goes. So please fill me in, you guys. So when we play ball, and I don't want to sound well, like the, you know the grumpy old man who says get off my yard, but how are these guys? We're coming out of spring training. And if you look up and down the whole organization, well, that's, that's every all, organization. It's, 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 it's not what, just that. what is that all about? They're pitch starters going three innings. Yeah, fifty what, pitches. Yeah, what is this uh, all about? This is the new baseball. When did this change? With the money, that's yeah. when it changed. Well, it's crazy, and, and, and that's another one of my pet peeves already with this week of Pirates. Bryce, uh, Bryce Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got a lead. He's 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 pitched four innings and only fifty some fifty two pitches the other. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and they pull him. Well, at, right. Because it was the third time yeah. through the lineup. Get the hell out of here with the third <laughs> time through the lineup. Crap. That's the new baseball. So when, and that's why baseball sucks. When, when you got a twelve man <laughs> bullpen now, the wins and losses. I mean, we were talking the other day. We'll never see. We might not ever see another two hundred game winner. Let alone they're never going to be no. a three hundred game no, winner ever never. again. Never. So the, the strikeout game, records, the innings pitched record, the wins that those are never going to be touched. Yeah, the game the is way this the game, game has changed. changed. And uh, even when they go back to the twenty six man roster. 
you're going to see some pitchers stretched out. But when we say stretched out now, like five it's innings. Five innings. Yeah. You're it's crazy. Getting, you're like, oh, can I get through to fifth? And I even start watching the pitch count. And I'm can like, you oh, imagine, it's like 60 pitches. Right. I'm like, he's going to be pulled soon. That's ridiculous. Can you imagine what Nolan Ryan and Steve Carlton and these guys are thinking right now? I mean, those guys, if they didn't pitch seven innings, that was a bad outing for them. Yeah. Seven innings. Well, I mean, hey, it, I mean it, what, it what is this? Today. We're Clayton Kershaw got pulled in after seven innings with only 80 pitches in a perfect game. Perfect game. Perfect game. He gets pulled out with 80 pitches. Guys. And I, I get it, it's the first time, you know, your first time pitching all this stuff. If I'm a pitcher and I'm throwing a perfect game and my manager tries to take me out, I'm fighting something. Yeah, I'm going to punch right I'm in his face. I'm throwing blows. Right. Yeah. To get the, to, to, the, I'm ridiculous. going out to the mound. I'm going to take the ball. If you don't want me, you better bring security because I ain't leaving. And, and it just amazes me what this sport has become. Yeah. And Even I, today, I, you know, watching the game a little bit today, I watched four outs recorded from a from the second oh. baseman for the Cubs playing right field. Yeah. Like, that's not baseball. That's not baseball. It's just not. And I know that's the old man get off my lawn and right. shifts and all this stuff. But when you hit a ball directly over the second base bag, in my mm. lifetime, it should be a goddamn pick. Yeah. And there are holes between five and six and, and, and three and that's four cool. that you yeah. grew up. And that's what you hit. And if you could hit that, you were going to be a hell of a you're going to be a hell of a player. Now and now they're out. Yeah, they're out. They're, they're going to change that next year. But I mean, right. this year we got to watch it one more year. I, I just it's, I just can't. It just really it makes it hard to to root. I mean, is watch it, baseball, and then on top of it, right. when you've got a, a, an organization like the Pirates in this town, it doubles down right. on how hard this is to get through something. So to your point about because this whole pitching thing has me so pissed off. Are they so fearful because of all the arm injuries that we see now? Once again, we didn't see him growing up, right? We talk about these workhorse. Nolan Ryan never made – he didn't miss a start, let alone going for TJ or he went for you know rotator cuff. Or what is happening with, the, with these kids nowadays that they're limiting pitch counts and everyone, it seems like everybody has to have and TJ. It, and it doesn't. Let's seem, get it done sooner rather than later. Is is the mantra? It doesn't seem to matter now because I mean, what you're, the hell? You're seeing guys like Jacob Degrom. Uh, he's on the DL. Right. He got an ab strain this time. If you throw a slider 93 miles an hour, you're going to hurt yourself. I, it, you don't need to throw a slider right. 93 miles an hour. It's just the way you watch pitchers pitch now. They're they're pitching not to contact. We were taught. If you can get an out right. three three pitches or less, right. that's you a good enough. Right. Because even if the guy puts the ball in play, the chances of him getting a hit, right. even good ones, is only three out of ten. So you do the math. No, all these pitchers now throw harder than they ever right. did, and it's not natural to throw a baseball to begin with. Now now you're topping with the, the extra velocity. I mean, that's tough. It's crazy. Anyway, let's we, we started we alluded to the minor leagues. Uh, and the good news is for a franchise, Tommy, that is is being built on the minor leagues and the talent that they have throughout the organization, a lot of the big names have gotten off to a good start. So this is going to make life interesting for Charrington and Shelton here very soon. I know it's early. I understand that. However, you have a Cal Mitchell, top prospect, hitting 316, a couple home runs, six RBIs out of the gate, only four strikeouts. And, Michael, I know you always look at this. Yeah, he only has four strikeouts and 19 at-bats. This kid it makes contact. Yeah, well, so do we want to see Hoy Park playing right field? Are we going to actually bring up a right fielder? Are we going to make Cal Mitchell play shortstop now? Well, and that's uh, that's another part of my uh, many frustrations with this with the team is is that what's here now are, with the exception of Hayes and Reynolds, mm-hmm. I would call these guys marginal prospects. These are not right. your thoroughbreds. No, but there may be some talent here. So the clock's ticking on this window before these guys start to come. You know, O'Neill Cruz is going to play this yep. year. I think Travis Swaggerty is going to play this year up here. Got to stay healthy. So yeah. those are two outfielders that you're going to see up here. Um, the Gonzalez-Pagaro combination is probably a couple years, years away. Yes. But you've got, a, you've got a glut of middle infielders, potentially guys that you try to turn into utility players out there. That only have so many at bats that you need to figure out what you got. Mm-hmm. And the Michael Chavises of the world, the Diego Castillos of the world, even the Hoy Parks of the world, they've got to get their innings. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got to play. Kevin Newman, I respect his glove. I respect what he does. He's not a part of the future. Mm-hmm. He does not need to play every day. You know, you Cole Tucker was a first round pick. Right. Um, you know, Hoy Park was a guy that you were high on when you traded him for. 
Uh, you know, these guys are guys that need to get at bats. Diego Castillo are guys that mm-hmm. need to get at bats because you need to see what you've got. Right. Rodolfo Castro, another right. guy in the minors. Hitting he 400, played last by the way. Year. He played last year up here. He's coming. Yeah. He's a second baseman. You know. That dude's a professional hitter. Right. We saw his first game. He knows what he's doing at, at in the in the play at the play. So you need to weed some of this out, and even if it means that you know Hoy Park is a DH one day, Diego Castillo's a DH one day. You know, Susugio, whatever his name is at first, and Vogelbach, they don't need to be in the lineup every single day. Well, here's the thing. If you're going to put Vogelbach at first, and I know, Michael, you're not a fan of his, but why Mason Martin? Let's see Mason Martin Martin instead of Vogelbach. Yeah, I agree with you there, but what they need to do is the guys that are here need to get some at-bats. They need to get some of these guys filtered out. Okay, is this guy for real? Is this guy no good? Because when his other guy comes – you know, you're not going to have so many spot. You know, part. You know, a lot of spots for these guys. So, and the other thing is with these 28 man rosters, it's part of the reason why Contreras and Yari. I can, I'm not. Yeah, Miguel Yari. Yari. Yeah. Miguel Yari. Part of the reason why they're here. They only have a 40 man roster. Mm-hmm. They have seven guys on the injured list right now. So that takes you down right there to 33 eligible players on a 40 man roster. And that's why Contreras and, and the guy are here because they they don't they only have so many bodies. So when these bodies come up, you know, Swaggerty, O'Neal, if they're not on the 40-man, they're going to have to make some of these moves and get rid of some yeah, of these they're guys. Gonna so you got to see at some point. what these guys have. So they need to be playing every day. Yep. All right. Anything else on the Pirates before we move on? No, one weekend. I think right. we covered pretty much everything that's going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I think mean, so. I, I think that they're going to be more interesting to watch this year than not. But they just need Let's to hope. Be, I mean, that, well, that's the hope for this and year. And I said on last week's podcast, I said just be patient. By June, you're right. going to start seeing some of these van meters and the Vogel box being weeded out of the, the – right. even on the roster, let alone, you know, playing time. So, it, you know, you're going to see Cruz at some point. You're going to see Swaggerty. You're going to see maybe Cal, Cal Mitchell. Mitchell hopefully, yeah. You know, so you're you're going to start seeing these guys. And then that, that's when it becomes interesting, when you start seeing right. the young guys. But they need some at-bats in AAA because hitting a baseball is hard to do, yeah. and even harder today. Yeah, for sure. All right, Tommy, let's move on to the Penguins. We have seven games left in the season. Certainly not playing well right now. Uh could be because of this illness that's ripping through the team. We saw Rust and uh, uh, Erod go down last night uh, and leave the game. They couldn't finish. Uh, Sydney was out and missed the game because of the illness. Is that an excuse right now, or is that legit? Is what we seeing? Because what I'm seeing, this is a team as we've talked about, built on speed and playing Sully's system and getting to the puck. They're not doing that. Uh, and so is that because they're sick and not feeling well and they are just they don't have their legs, or is this a legit concern going into the playoffs? You know, it's just funny. You know, it's almost like in 1983 when the Penguins, or the Penguins were trying to get Mario and they were angling and they, you know, did some things. <laughs> and it's almost like EJ signed the deal with the devil that said, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to give you Mario mm-hmm. and he's going to take care of your franchise for the next 50 years and do things that, you know, no one's ever mm-hmm. seen a professional athlete do. But, man, we're going to F with you those 50 yeah. years. Um, it seems like every year there's something. There was mumps. There was COVID. There's now this bug that's been going around. I mean, this is three weeks. Right. I mean, Malkin missed a game with the Rangers three weeks ago with this bug, and yeah. it's still around. It just seems like every year, every time something can go wrong with this franchise, it's something every year. And now it's this bug. I mean, in my mind, there's no doubt that Rustin Rodriguez played last night. The only reason they were in the lineup last night is because they don't have the salary cap room mm-hmm. to do anything else. I mean, they're strapped. Um, activating again means that they, if they, you know, this is Wednesday, they're, they play tomorrow night, Thursday against at home against the Islanders. If Rustin Rodriguez can't play, they're going to play a man down. They can't mm-hmm. salary cap. Yeah, they're, they, se- they're only 75,000 under no, the cap. 11,000. 11, okay. Yeah, they can't, they can't call up anybody from the minors and they have to play a man down for a game before they're allowed to circumvent the cap to fill out their roster. Um, I, I honestly, I don't know. I think it's a combination of everything. I think this is, uh, I think the, the the core guys, the guys that have won cups, I think uh, are they look bored. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been they've been in the playoffs for a long time. They knew they were going to be in the playoffs. It's just a matter of who they play. Um, this season seems even as a fan seems to be dragging. Like I can't believe they still have seven games left. Like come on, let's go. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I I think that if they can ever get to the point where they're healthy. I think that the 12 forwards that they're going to dress, um, 
I think that they're they're going to do their jobs. I think Jari was hopefully gets some needed rest here over these last few weeks. I think he's going to be okay. The problem is is the six defensemen that they're going to mm-hmm. play. They can't change that, and those guys are not good. They're just not. They haven't played well. There's no yeah. And I, and I don't know how you fix that because I, I don't think they're tired. I just don't think they're very good. Um, and you're really starting to see some of the parting gifts that GMJR left us really coming back to haunt us. Um, he dramatically overpaid for Kapanen uh, with the deal, mm-hmm. and he has just been absolutely awful to the point where if I'm if I'm the coach for game one of the playoffs, he's my 13th forward. I scratch mm-hmm. him. Um, my lines would be Crosby, Gensel, and Raquel, Malkin, Zucker, and Rust. Carter Heinen and Rodriguez because I think Heinen has done more in these last few weeks. See, here's what this is what I want to. So here's what bugs me still. You have a few young players, especially I mean, with the illness, with the the season. As you said, see, this is a long season. Hockey is a very physical sport. Why are we not? And I know it's salary caps. You get. We have one more call up. I think O'Connor should be in this lineup. Well, the problem well, I, though is that they can't fit him under the cap. I mean, that's where they're at right now. Since the deadline, they sort of, they sort of sold their soul at the deadline to be right. able to fit Raquel in. And that, you know, Taylor Haas from DK on Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Sports did a real good article because we talked about right. this. And she said very clearly that they don't have the cap room to bring up O'Connor. They just don't. And that's the reason why they didn't. Um, and I agree that it's frustrating. And I agree that it's a big problem with this organization. I mean, Erod should not be in the lineup. That dude has done nothing. Heinen, he's done something. I agree, he's better as well, of late. Heinen and Rodriguez have been more noticeable Kapanen. over the last couple yep. of weeks. So, so that's so to me, the third line is is Heinen, Carter, and Rodriguez, and then my fourth line is Bluger, Boyle, and McGinn, yeah. and Kapanen's my thirteenth forward. But what I was saying about GMJR's parting gifts, I mean, he, he traded away Kapanen for a first round pick that you could have, which was a high pick, which mm-hmm. was, it was a top fifteen pick. Um, that has come back to haunt us, that overpaid for Pedersen and signed mm-hmm. him to a too-quick deal, overpaid for Marino in a too-quick deal. I mean, that's $12 million of your cap right there that is just almost to almost the um, point yeah. of unplayable. You know, they signed Jack Johnson for too much and too long. He wasn't any good here to play in Coach Sullivan's system, but now he's paired up on the number one defensive pair for the best team in hockey. So, I don't know, maybe the higher altitude right. in Colorado, right. he figured out how to play hockey again. But... Um, he never got a fair been, shake here. You know, we could go I, I on about that. I keep hearing and reading and reading and reading about the core. The core's aged out. The core's this. The core's that. The core's not the problem. If you look at the guys who are supposed to be doing their job, Crosby's a top five player in this league easily. And my, I can, I, I'm comfortably saying I think he's the best player in the East. When the Penguins, when the playoffs start, I think the Penguins have the best player. I know Austin Matthews is going to score right. 65 goals. I'd take Crosby every day of the week. Uh, over Matthews, he's just not the player that he is. I think the I think Crosby's still the best player in the East. I think Crosby's doing his job. Malkin is frustrating, but he's still averaging over a point a game. Latang's playing Most 20. on the power play. I want to talk to you specifically about Malkin because I have a huge issue with that dude. Latang's playing twenty five minutes a game. He has his highest career assist this year. I mean, yeah, he does things that he's always right. done. But right. I, the core is not the problem. The problem is is the pieces that are underneath right. that are making too much money and not doing anything. And the biggest problem with the playoffs is going to be the sixth defenseman. And I don't know how you fix that. I mean, they have only two players, and Michael, I'll, I'll address this to you and anybody else out there that's not all that familiar with hockey. Defensemen, when they're, when they're, when they're in their own zone, are mm-hmm. sort of the point guards bringing the ball up the court in basketball. And the other team is full court pressing. Mm-hmm. So you need guys that can that can handle the puck and bring it up and get it up the half court. Get or it out of your own zone. And get it out of your zone. Yeah. And, the, and, you know, a good team has four, at least three, sometimes four guys that are, are point guards that can bring mm-hmm. the ball up. They can get out of their own way. If somebody's pushing on them, they can get past them and get the puck up the center ice and, and get on with it. So you're saying the Penguins don't have a Chris Paul? No. The Pe- well, the Penguins, well, they have two. I would argue they have two. They have two, but they need three. three and, yes. And really good teams have four, four or five yes. that can do it. So that if you have three – you know, in hockey, you have three defensive pairs. So, if you if you're if you in a perfect world, you have at least three, and you have one on each pair that can skate the puck Absolutely. out, yep. that can get you out of trouble. And what's happening is teams are dumping the puck down behind the goalie. Our defensemen are going back to getting it, and then they're just full court pressing them. They're they're forcing these guys to turn the puck over. 
and they don't have the ability to do anything else. They're flipping it up in the air, they're racking it off the boards and trying to get it out, and it's not. They're keeping it in there, and this team isn't built to do that. They don't. They have a lot of vanilla defensemen. Mm. They don't skate great. They're not great puck handlers. They're not overly big. They're not physical. Right. And that's what you're seeing, and that's what that's the problem with this team right now is they don't have enough guys to skate their way out of problems. So let me. That's a great point. So let me ask you a question. So recently, Sully bumped Matheson up with Latang. So now you have the only two guys that can do it on the team playing on the, the same, same defensive line. pairing. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. I know what he did. He's demoting because Latang plays so much. Yes. I mean, it's a 60-minute game. He plays 25 minutes a game. So, you know, his partner is going to be out there for a lot of that time. So Matheson is the second-best defenseman, so he's putting him with them so that they're on the ice the most. The problem is the other four are just atrocious. atrocious. Yeah. yeah. And Latang and, and I've said this before on, on, this, on the, our podcast here, Latang and Matheson are both ha- human hand grenades. I mean, they could go, they go off at any time. So when you, I mean, in the Nashville game on Sunday, you know the Penguins were pressing, and all five guys, both defensemen, were down below the circles. That, that can't happen. It's right. almost impossible to do in hockey. And then they went up the other end. They scored in the third period to make it two one. You, you just can't do that kind of stuff. So I, I'm guessing slash hoping that he demoted, he took Dumoulin off and put him down there to sort of. See if he could get some balance. I don't think that's going to happen in the playoffs. I think Latang and Matheson will be on on two separate pairs. But again, that's still only two. Um, and 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 that's you the, thought Marino was going to be the third, and, and that you want to talk about a guy who just keeps going in reverse after a great rookie year. Last year we thought was a little bit of aberration. The COVID, you know, this who regained some of his magic that he had in his rookie season this year. He's gotten worse again. He's taking another step yeah, back this year. The Penguins have four or five, five or six, five and six spot defensemen. I mean, they just don't have that really that third. And and mm-hmm. I hate to say this, but even Brian Dumoulin, who's been a warrior, right. you know, he broke his ankle a couple years ago. And to me, since he's come back, he just doesn't look like the same player. And sometimes he's out there skating mm-hmm. like he's Hal Gill. And he looks like he's just you know. Too bad and he's he was six, a good six, like he was Hal a good Gil. skater. He yeah. was he was he, he could keep he up won, with yeah. the tang. And, mm-hmm. He just doesn't look like that player anymore. And like I said, I, if the Penguins lose, I think it's going to be because of those six defensemen. I, and I just don't think they can fix that. I really don't. Well, we'll time will tell. Uh, let's see what happens over these last seven games. Yeah, I mean, what, they, what I'm hoping any to progress. do is, I mean, Malkin has already sat out one of his four-game suspension. Um, I'm hoping that the Penguins, when Malkin comes back those last four games, you know, it's the Penguins, so, you know, you never, mm-hmm. I doubt it, but... It would be nice if the 12 forwards and the six defensemen that are going to play are all healthy, can play those last four games because the lines, you know, have not been right, right. due to illnesses or suspensions or whatever through, you know, the whole time that, you know, Zucker has been back. Um, I'd like to see them get those last four games. Doesn't matter the results. Get them all playing together. Get a little continuity and get into the playoffs. Um, the one thing I do love right now, is Ricard Raquel with Sid and, and Gensel. Every time they were on the ice last night against the Islanders, they were creating and making something happen. I, I know. And I, I hope I to mean, God that um, that they keep that together, but my feeling is is that it won't that they'll that they'll that'll be a uh, they'll pull that out of you know after game two when they're down right. two games to oh they'll switch up the line or something like that. I, I have a feeling that Sullivan and his always seems to be predictable way mm-hmm. is going to be back with Ru- Russ will be back with Crosby, but I, I I agree. I mean, they've played together sparingly over the last two games. I think they have accounted for six mm-hmm. goals. Right. I mean, you just can't. Sometimes chemistry is just there, and it is just screaming Scream. chemistry <laughs> between those guys and Gensel too. Right. For so. sure. All right. Well, time will tell. We'll pick it up next week again. We'll see how they do over these next two games, three games before our next podcast. Now we're going to transition to something we don't cover very often, but Michael, this gets the microphone back in front of your face for a little bit. The NBA playoffs, they kicked off last night with the play-in games. They'll continue tonight, and we'll go to the first round this weekend. Yeah, I, uh, we were sitting here before the podcast started, right. and I was explaining the play-in mm-hmm. games to Tom, and I, I didn't like it. This is, I think, the sec- uh, second year second, of this. Yeah, yeah. and I, at first I was like, ah, you know, you're, you're, you're rewarding mediocrity, but at the, at the end of the day you got – 
team's not tanking now because you still got a chance to get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you're not playing the last 10, 12 games of the season against the playoff team and just totally yeah. tanking the game. Like the Spurs, they were out of it. All of a sudden now they're playing in a mm-hmm. play-in game tonight. It's a one-game play-in tonight, right? They lose, they go home. That's it. Um, the games last night, Brooklyn wound up beating Cleveland. Um, Brooklyn will be playing Boston, the number two seed. And then in the West, you had Minnesota beating the L.A. Clippers last night. But Minnesota hasn't been in the playoffs. I don't even think my right. my kid, none right. of my kids were even born the last mm-hmm. time that the uh, Minnesota T-Wolves uh, made the playoffs. So they were super excited. That place was rocking oh, last night. It was crazy. The confetti was falling. I mean, they wow. Yeah, th- these playoffs, and the difference between hockey and NBA playoffs is the better team usually wins. I mean, nine times out of ten, the better mm-hmm. team usually wins. Um you know, Phoenix is still the team to beat in the West, I think. I think they're the deepest team. I think they're the best coach team. Monty Williams mm-hmm. won Coach of the Year. Um, all their role players, I know they got Devin Booker and they got Chris Paul, but all their role players like DeAndre Ayton and Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson mm-hmm. that played a right. bit for a couple of years and went to North Carolina, they all know their roles, and that's an important thing when you get to the playoffs. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do. Uh, Golden State, they're playing Denver. Uh, Golden State's the three seed. Uh, Denver has Nikolai Jokic, um, mm-hmm. reigning MVP. Um, if if Curry comes back from, he has a sprained ligament in his. They say sport. he'll be. He's going to be. I don't know when he's coming back in this series, but you know if he comes back, I like Golden State and Phoenix mm-hmm. in, in the Western Conference Finals. When you got Dallas and Utah, Dallas has played well mm-hmm. this year. Um, but uh, Doncic has a crap, calf strain. Mm-hmm. He might not play the first couple games of that series. That could change that series. I mean, that's a four-five matchup. And then Phoenix will play. Uh, they'll play the winner of the play-in game on uh, I think Sunday between either the Spurs, Pelicans, and the, they're mm-hmm. going to play at the Clippers. Clippers. Right. In the East, Miami's the number one seed. Most people don't even. Miami has no superstars, right? Right. You Jimmy know? Butler is probably the most. Jimmy Butler's well-known. the most well-known, but you're not talking about a top ten player in the right. league. But they got a roster full of really, really good players. They got Bam yeah. out of bio. Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. Um, you know that team. Uh, they got uh, Kyle Lowry from, mm-hmm. from Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, I love that dude. I think he's a great point guard. Um, the, you know Milwaukee, the reigning NBA mm-hmm. champs. Um, they wound up sitting at the three seed, and like Tom talks about injuries in hockey. Mm-hmm. Brooke Lopez missed a big portion of the season. Chris Middleton, who's a mm-hmm. two-time All Star, missed a, a big portion of the season. Drew Holiday, their point right. guard, was out. I still think even as a three seed, I think Milwaukee's the team to beat in the East. I think once the playoffs right. start, yep. they got their rotation back. And then um, Philadelphia's playing Toronto. We we talked off right. a while back about the James Harden trade. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Um, and, you know, I was the biggest Harden fan there mm-hmm. was. You know, I mean, he never met a shot he didn't like. He's playing terrible. <laughs> I, I'm just – and he doesn't fit with Embiid, right. who should win the MVP this year. Mm-hmm. I think Toronto wins that series. Um, and a couple of the Philadelphia players aren't vaccinated. They can't go mm-hmm. to Toronto. Uh, their best defender, uh, Thibault. Mm-hmm. Um, Matisse Thibel, he can't travel to Toronto. I think Danny Green also is unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. That's their top guy off the bench. So I think Toronto might win that series. But the series I'm looking at is the Boston-Brooklyn series, mm-hmm. right? Because you got Jason Tatum, you got Jalen Brown, you got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in that in that series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boston's the best defensive team in the league, but they're down their they're big guy inside, and everybody, oh, Robert Williams averages mm-hmm. 10 points, 10 rebounds a game. But he's he he's what funnels that defense, and he might not be ready for the first round of the playoffs. But if Brooklyn can't get Kyrie and Durant mm. thirty points each game, I mean, when you set up a roster like that, when we talk, when you put these superstars all together, um, and they had to throw the Ben Simmons salary right. in there, mm. right? He hasn't played. And that's not working. It, well, not now working. you're starting to hear players we grumble about him. Even, I mean, we don't know if it'll work because the guys, the guys never played. Play, right. But I, you have some Nets players that are calling him out and acting like he's LeBron James and, and all kinds of stuff that, that you don't want to hear as you're heading into the first round of the playoffs. If Simmons can play in this series, and he, and listen, he hasn't played all year. He hasn't mm-hmm. played last, since last summer when Philadelphia made the playoffs. Right. If he can play in this series and give them 16 to 20 minutes, Garden, Tatum, they have a shot. But I think this series is the one to watch in the East. And, you know, and the exciting series in the West is going to be Minnesota and Memphis. Mm-hmm. You've got two of the youngest teams in the NBA with a bunch of superstars. You've got Carl Anthony Tynes. you got my Anthony, favorite player, Anthony Edwards, um, John, obviously Morant. John Morant, that whole roster, Jaron Jackson, Jackson yeah. uh, Desmond Bain, 
Um, they got, I mean, we're talking about two rosters that are almost, all their starters are under 25 years old. So one of these two teams is going to move forward in the playoffs. So it should be exciting. It's, it's really going to start ramping up this weekend. Excellent. Well, we'll follow the, the playoffs as they continue. Uh, each week, we'll, Michael will provide a little update, some thoughts, what he sees moving forward. You notice we haven't talked to any football yet, which is kind of bizarre. We're in Pittsburgh. You would think football, football, football. It's been quiet. And we talked about it on the podcast several weeks ago. We said it's going to go quiet. When we saw free agency die down week two, I can't remember. We, we all said that it was going to be quiet until draft time. I think all teams are focused on the draft. They're doing their last-minute preparations. So I think it is what it is at this point until uh, two weeks from tomorrow, April 28th, Thursday night, when we hear when uh, the commissioner takes the stage. Yeah, and just for the listeners out there, just so you know, kind of what we're doing uh, next week, we'll go. We'll wrap up our, our positional previews with quarterback and running back, and kind of go over that. Running back's not going to be a real big topic because the Steelers just aren't going to draft one. Uh, or if then, they do, it'll be late. Yeah, and it'll then the quarterback, obviously, round. everybody and their mothers heard about the top two, right. so we'll try to focus on beyond those guys and what else is out there. Um, and then the, two weeks from today, we will have our mock draft. Who we think uh, that uh, the Steelers are going to be looking at and what the possibilities are so that's sort of where we're headed here in the next couple of weeks so if you're gearing up for the draft we'll be uh we'll be touching these last couple of things kind of recapping all the things that we've talked about and uh especially for the Steelers you know obviously the draft board looks a little different now than it did a free agency like right. we all predicted it would right so yeah there's some so something for you guys to look forward to going forward next uh, we were gonna have a guest this week uh Joe Moorhead but Joe uh is a little busy they're in the middle of spring ball right now at the University of Akron. But we will get Joe once his schedule dies down a little bit in spring ball. Uh, I think they they finish up this week. I think Saturdays. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So he's been busy, and we tried to get him Sunday, right. and it didn't work out. But I promise uh, we, we will have our first guest here at some point. And, of course, you know, I never talked about this, but I'm an idiot. And we did have a guest, Nick Patty, oh. when Nick visited us here at Brushes and Beans. Amateur. Uh, it was it was bad. We were busy that night. He was, you know, it was special guest appearance, Nick Patty night here. So we did our interview and rushed out of here. And I have, haven't been able to find the file since. But uh, so we'll get Nick in. He's actually, uh, they had their spring game uh, last Saturday and watched the game. It's hard to take anything out of the spring game. Uh, the, the rosters are jumbled. There's so many injuries, so many guys they're holding out. Um, if they have, you know, a bruise, they're, they're holding them out of that game. Um, but one thing I want to say, and I'll be anxious to get uh, Tommy and Michael, your input on this. So, for we are, Keaton Slovis was the big-time transfer that they brought in to play quarterback this year from USC. A couple things I noticed, though, uh, out of the game, I'm trying to keep my bias out of this and just look at it as I would and analyze it as I would as a pit football fan. The first thing I noticed about Slovis is he doesn't look the part. I mean, he is slender. I mean, we're, we're talking about a dude that may be six feet tall, may weigh 205 pounds, maybe playing quarterback. I can see why he's been so injury prone. Uh, that, that was my first reaction. And like I said, take the bias out of it, the relationship that I have with Nick out of it. If I'm just watching that game and I'm seeing this kid for the first time, I'll, I'll fully admit that I didn't watch him as freshman year at USC. Got a little bit of it, and I've watched some film since. But – that was that struck me like this is not a guy that I would feel comfortable putting behind center on September second against West Virginia. Just not. And you compare him to Nick, it's like comparing varsity and JV. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, you know the big thing for me out of pit camp so far is that you know uh, the slowest guy was the guy that was the big news he was mm-hmm. the big transfer he was going to come in and, and replace kenny is the way that i think most national people looked at it and, and even here, local and that narrative pisses me off it's and, like and here we are um you know I, at, at the end of spring ball spring ball's over we're not going to see these guys again until camp and Slovis has not won the job. He's not outright, you know, I would have fully expected by now that he would have been named the number one quarterback. Mm-hmm. They would have went into camp and uh, it would have been Slovis' team going forward. And, I mean, at least publicly, that hasn't been said. I can tell I, you I, it I, hasn't. And I don't it, think privately that, yeah, either. And I don't think that that's changed privately. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't, I, I think that either way, whoever, whoever is going to center this year, I think Pitt's going to have a good team. I mean, their mm-hmm. wide receiver room is just. Ridiculous. Well, and that's what, the other thing. What, the, right. what they have, they have a veteran offensive line coming mm-hmm. back. They've got 
veteran running backs coming back, the wide receiver room, even the tight end. I, I think whoever whoever comes in and wins the quarterback job, I think they're going to be. You know, they have an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. I mean, we saw Mumfield. Which is crazy for Pitt. Right. Say, yeah, Pitt right. Is exactly. In the same breath. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, for as much as I've knocked Narduzzi over the years and things like that, thought that this program was questioning where we were headed. I mean, you, you look at what's in that room now and, and what he's getting recruit wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of four star guys coming through those, you know, coming through those tours now and things like that. Guys that uh, when you look at their offer sheet, you see, you know, you see the Michigans and Alabamas mm-hmm. and LSUs and SEC schools on there now. You don't see other offers are you no know, offense to Joe, but Akron Miami, and Bowling, Bowling Green, Ohio, yeah, Bowling yeah. Green, things like that. So, um, I, the pit program is, is is on the way up, and uh, I look forward to when they get to fall yep. camp and what they got. Well. He, you brought up a good point with the wide receivers. That was the other thing that I took away from the spring game was not a Mumfield is the real deal. The first play of the game, Nick goes up top, 55 yards to Mumfield, who beat a pretty good secondary on a double move, um, and he was wide open. I think we're going to – it's going to be a matchup nightmare for defenses next year uh, with Addison, who what didn't play, obviously, in the spring game. Mumfield, Jared Wayne, Jaden Bradley, uh, Gavin Bartholomew. You have three great running backs, Rodney Hammond, Izzy. And the other surprise at camp was Daniel Carter, who was an afterthought. But he got the bulk of the carries in that game, and he couldn't be tackled. I mean, he was getting to the third level consistently. So I, I think you're right. Whoever wins this job uh, is will be just fine because they have a great offensive line in front of them. They're going to have weapons galore and defenses. I don't know how you're going to scheme to beat this off. I really don't. I no, I agree. I, you know, I talked to you last Saturday, and I missed the spring game, yeah. but they replayed it again on the ACC network. And I've watched the first half. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the whole game. I got the same take you did. Um, obviously, I know Nick like you yeah. do. I mean, I got to know him through him mm-hmm. coming in here. And obviously, I'm rooting for him. But I, like you said, I tried to keep a, right. a bias. I did. I, you know, I'm biased and just watch it as I've seen it. And he looks like a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Slovis, he had moments where he was right. okay. But I, I just didn't see a clear cut saying, okay, Slovis won this job. This this guy no, really no, knows what you he's can't, doing. He had no, command yeah. of the offense. I didn't see that in that game. And you're right. The, the size is a little bit of a problem. And he's not uh, he's not a runner. Right. So that limits what Signetti wants to do mm-hmm. offensively. Now we'll see. Hopefully, you know, we know that Narduzzi said, I'm not going to name a starter until. Right. But he needs to let these kids know one way or the other. You know which way he's right. going because you got to give him a chance to play. Correct. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And the one thing, like once again, totally being totally objective, I would, I think Slovis, his accuracy uh, exceeds Nick's. I think he's got a little better accuracy on his balls. Everybody talks about Nick's funky delivery. Um, I, I do think uh, Keaton throws a nice ball, but I think in terms of making decisions on the field. There's no comparison. I think Nick quickly goes – he understands the offense better. We've heard that, and it's. I think we it proved to be the case when when push came to shove and we actually played somewhat of a game. I think Nick can process better. I think he's making quicker decisions. And you definitely saw that, and I think Slovis held on to the ball longer. You saw more sacks. You could tell the quality. But you know, Slovis was holding on to the ball and couldn't make decisions. There were dudes that were open, and he held on to the ball a split second too long, in some cases longer than that, and he was taking sacks. So – We'll see. Time will tell. Uh, obviously, you know, I think, Michael, you're right. I think we're going to have a decision here sooner rather than later because in this day and age, whoever loses – well, Slovis can't transfer. But if Nick doesn't win the job, I'd look for him to transfer. I think he'll go somewhere where he can play. I think he's proven that he's good enough to start um, for a big-time program. So um, time will tell. We'll see. We'll continue to monitor that situation. All right, let's close it out with our uh, with our rants. Michael, you want to kick us off? Yeah, I'll kick us off this week. Um, you know, I know Pirate fans, and we've talked about it, the O'Neill Cruz mm-hmm. situation. You know, Tom, actually, I'm kind of irritated with him <laughs> because now he has me. Every time I hear somebody from the Pirate front office talking, i got to hear the word position flexibility. flexibility. Yep. And if I had a nickel for every time I heard that. But I want people to pump the brakes a little bit because – I, you know, we've we seen at the beginning of the season these teams were bringing up superstar minor league players. Tigers brought up Spencer Torkelson, right? He's pipeline, um, MLB mm-hmm. Pipeline's number four prospect in the top 100. Um, Seattle brought up Julio Rodriguez, number three prospect. 
And obviously, Kansas City brought up Bobby Witt, right? Mm -hmm. Number one Number overall one, right. in baseball. Uh, even the Padres brought up C.J. Abrams, who's right. the number nine prospect. So we have four of the top ten. And we would say all four of those guys have more upside than O'Neill Cruz, right? I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. talent-wise, we're these these this is the cream of the crop. Torkelson's one for fifteen with eight strikeouts already. Julio Rodriguez one for fourteen with seven strikeouts. Bobby Witt's two for twenty, and C.J. Abrams is one for eleven. So you, you got to give these guys time. Sometimes you bring these guys up this early, they falter. You got to send them back to the minors. Does that do anything to their psyche? I don't know, but it, it just be patient with the O'Neill Cruz thing. He's definitely coming. He'll be here by June. But I just wanted to point that out that it doesn't always happen right away. We all know hitting a round ball with a round bat coming at a high speed is a really hard thing to do. So give O'Neill Cruz a little bit of time to get his feet under him, especially get some at bats at the triple A level. Well, just to finish your point there, uh, hitting a baseball is really easy when they throw it right at you or they throw it straight. It's when it does all that movement crap, it gets a lot harder. So, you know, that, that, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's a lot more movement in baseball than it was back when we played. Uh, I will, my rant also involves our Bucko team. And uh, this, my frustration with this organization runs deep, as I've said many, many times, and I will continue to say until they change my mind. But my frustration this week is the Cabrian Hayes uh, this contract and the pomp and circumstance that went with it. Um, you know, Jason Mackey, who I've talked to before, and I have a great amount of respect for for the post because baseball writer. writer. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, he wrote that um, if this 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 signing is like somebody having a newborn baby, and if your response is anything but congratulations, you're an you're an asshole. Well, it won't be the first or last time I've been <laughs> called an asshole, but um, I, I just. I'm frustrated with this narrative of the Pirates, the people in the media, and, and, and that, that the Pirates can do no wrong with certain things. Mm. Yes, it's great that Brian Hayes signed. Yes, it's not the first young player that they've signed. But one thing all these young players have had in common is they signed horrible contracts from the player side. Brian Hayes is making $70 million. That's great. And it's a lot of money. And it's somehow the, the biggest contract that the Pirates have signed. <laughs> That's pathetic. And the history of yeah, and it's ten million more than Kendall signed right. the day that they opened PNC Park, which was twenty freaking years ago. So it only took them twenty years to get to break the, the new record. But this is a horrible contract for Cabrian Hayes. Um, Seventy million dollars for a major league player. This is his career. I mean, this guy signed until he's thirty four or thirty five mm -hmm. years old. He's making ten million or less. I mean, very average pitchers make ten or twelve million dollars a year. This is a horrible deal, in my opinion, for Cabrian Hayes and his in his career. Yes, it's seventy million guaranteed; they can never take that away from him. Um, but I think it's a horrible deal on his end. And this is the fifth now, by my count, horrible player deal that the Pirates signed. And this is what they do: if they can take advantage of a player, you know, they put something in front of them and they sign it. And hell, they can take credit mm -hmm. for it. They signed Starling Marte to a deal that was dramatically underpaid. McCutcheon to a deal that was dramatically underpaid. Polanco to a deal that was dramatically underpaid. Did I say Jose Tabata? Jose Tabata to a deal that was dramatically underpaid. Now, they, some of these players didn't work out. It doesn't mean when they signed it, it wasn't a horrible deal for the player. Um, I, I just have no – I'm not going to pat them on the back for doing something that most teams do four or five times in an offseason that uh, doesn't do a thing to raise their payroll uh, significantly now or into the future. And it also doesn't mean, Pirate fans, that the Pirates are going to pay all $70 million of that. I'm shocked that they front-loaded it. I really thought that they would back-load it so they could get them on the cheap for three years and trade them. But it doesn't mean that the Pirates are going to pay in that $70 million. Um, and, and that's what this organization has done to somebody like me. I don't trust anything or say that they do. That, that owner of theirs sitting up there acting like he just cured cancer yesterday at that <laughs> press conference. And then have the have the audacity to sit in front of a camera for the first time in three years and take no questions. I just I got no I got no patience when it comes to this organization. So, Cabrian Hayes, congratulations! I'm glad you got 70 million, but I think you cost yourself at least 70 more million. And I got no respect for the Pirates still. Okay. I'm gonna end my, we were going to talk more about Gino. You brought up Gino in your Penguin talk. Remember, I said I want to talk more about Gino. So I'm going to end with a rant. And you brought up a great point. There's been no continuity with this team this year. Injuries, illness, what have you. 
And because of his stupidity, yet again, we're not going to have it until right before the playoffs. I've had it with this guy. He's been a great pro. You can't take it away from him. Top 100 NHL player of all time. I get all that. He's Stanley Cups. I get all that. Con Smythe. Understand. But he's nowhere near the player he was. And he goes out and does. I mean, if anybody would have done that to Crosby, it would have been riots in the streets here in Pittsburgh. That was an egregious act. He's a moron. He's a mental midget. And I've had it with him. He's not helping you on the ice. All his points are coming on the power play. He's doing nothing five on five. And he goes out and does this. So now we have to prolong it even more to get some continuity to this team because he's an idiot. I've had it with him. I'm done. Contract's up. Let him go. See you later. Sayonara, Malkin. I love you. You've been great. I'm not going to take that away from you, but you're done. I'll catch my breath now. And, and just so that and make you feel better and any other yeah. Penguin fans feel better, if and when this team loses in the first round, yeah, uh, just as a little tease, I know how to fix this organization going okay. forward that does not involve any of those three free agents. Mm-hmm. So once we'll talk about that once the Penguins Can't are eliminated. Wait for that. Okay. But I will fix this organization if anybody down there wants to listen. So that's just a I can't wait tease. for that that's one. That's a little tease. Hopefully, people. yeah, that's good because, I, like I said, I'm done with him. His selfishness just—he can't control himself. It costs the team time and time again. Enough. When, wow. he, when he's not performing at the level he was performing five or six years ago, he's not worth it. If they lose in the first round, everybody who has a 71 or a 58 or a 17 jersey are going to have to go out and buy new jerseys because mm-hmm. I don't think any of those. I'm not sure the coach will be back either. So, but we'll talk about time that will when tell. It gets to it. So. Okay, great way to end it. Nice tease there, Tommy, for future episodes. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Michael, Tommy, thank you very much. Episode 11 is in the books. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.